Hello, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of Ultra Hope Girls, a Danganronpa podcast. Today, we are going to be diving into the Danganronpa 3 anime, which is a wild ride. I cannot believe we are already here. Um, yeah, so we're going to be covering these episodes, one future and one despair episode in tandem, because that is how they were meant to be consumed. So uh, just a heads up that this episode will spoil... Danganronpa 3, Future and Despair Arcs, Episode 1. And with that little spoiler warning, let's get into it. I'm Maddie. I'm Marin. And I'm Caroline. And we're the Ultra Hope Girls. One. Two. Welcome to the Danganronpa Podcast. <laughs> You're on the threshold of an amazing episode. super excited to get started into this one because i think that the anime and i mean listeners please correct me if i'm wrong but i think the anime gets kind of a bad rap in the danganronpa community and i have a lot to say about that because i think all three of us here i don't want to speak for maddie because i I know (laughs) Marin really really likes it Um, and i don't remember maddie your thoughts but we we had generally positive feelings about it when we viewed it the first time so i'm curious you know, I mean, like, maybe chatting through it if others may, might, like, see a different side, you know, because we, we generally really like it. So. Yeah, I binged the show in less than a week, both Future and Despair, and that is impressive, even by my standards. And I, I remember getting to the end, and I was like, all right, time to talk to people about this. And on Amino, on, on Twitter, everyone's like, this kind of sucked. And I was like, what? <laughs> <No>. <laughs> we had very different experiences. Yeah. Yeah. My feelings on it are so overall, I think I liked it. Um, I have some mixed feelings about some elements of the show, and I'm sure we'll get to those later on. Um, don't want to, you know, spoil anything at this juncture. Yeah, my feelings, I think, definitely like fluctuated throughout each season as I as the developments occurred. But um, I will say like these first this first set of episodes, um, episode one for each arc, they had me hooked. I will say I was I was intrigued. Yeah, definitely. I, I accidentally watched these in the wrong order. So what I did is I watch. you're supposed to do future despair, future despair and alternate, but I did despair, future, despair, future. And it was, oh, no. and I, I, now that I'm watching it like the right way, it, everything, like the narrative elements make a lot more sense than they Literally did. like Chisa in the, the despair episode, right. she's like, I died. <laughs> I know that didn't land for me the first time because I was like oh okay like cool that's incredible very funny but yeah (laughs) my first note is just that it was very exciting to me to get to see like at the very first like some of the first few moments of the future arc of this episode one um we get to see some of our despair peeps that we know and love so much as their despair selves um which is kind of exciting because I think a lot of us were curious about like what were they like when they were ultimate despair? Like, what was each person like? And we we get to see some of that. So um, I was curious as to what you guys' thoughts were on some of those despair, um, our despair friends. Um, my personal favorite, I think, I mean, this is not surprising, but Pekko and Fuyuhiko, I am obsessed with their aesthetic, their their whole look, their despairness. They're just, oh 
my god despair peko and fuyuhiko like i need this uh, like a cosplay to happen like right now no i was just gonna say maddie uh we have been chatting about cosplaying fuyuhiko and peko and so what i'm hearing is that maybe <laughs> we're gonna do despair fuyuhiko and peko which would be really really cool that we should be- we should do both we should oh my god have a hope version and a despair version <laughs> maddie it could be like oh. fuyuhiko and peko after dark <laughs> Yes! <laughs> there is a image of Fuyuhiko in the future episode with an eye patch on, which I thought was super interesting because, you know, that's something that we see in Goodbye Despair, but it implies that he was the one who took Junko's eye and put her eye in, even in real life. Yep. And, oh man, I was just like, <laughs> I thought that they were kind of lying about that, but here's proof. I know, yeah. I love some good parallel mm. elements. That That was really cool. I, I like the despair designs. I, I really, I've heard people be like, oh, I wish that they had like done the despair designs. And I, I, they have, right? In the anime. Yeah. 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 I don't know why. I, yeah. I, so we do get to see them. I w- maybe they wish that there were more, that mm. we see more of them. But yeah. Well, I guess we'll see if we see more of them, if you know what I'm saying, folks. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And also, like, they're talking about doing a second Ultra Despair Girls. Um, and there could be a potential for seeing more in that. Right. I noticed that the ultimate imposter also has his night vision goggles on as like the ultimate despair, which I was just like, okay, interesting. <laughs> Not really sure why, but <laughs> that was his most despair inducing state was right. <laughs> <laughs> and Gundam has like this like snake wrapped around him. Yeah. Kind of thing. That was kind of cool. It's like a big hug. (laughs) Of despair. Of despair. (laughs) That reminds me of the April uh, Ludgate. Like, we're gonna, what is it? Um, (laughs) We're gonna, we're gonna, oh gosh, I know exactly what you're talking about. We're gonna die. You're gonna die of fun. (laughs) 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 Oh, yeah. That's so classic. Yeah. I kind of want to talk about the theme song for the future arc. It's so good. It's the best thing I've ever heard in my life. If you don't enjoy that theme song, you're actually lying. So, yeah. The music, the art, like... Because, like, it's like... That is one... I I almost never watch the whole theme song of shows, like, that I watch. But that one I watch every time because, like... Like, it's so good. It's so good. And I have watched TikToks where people rank all of the theme songs of Danganronpa, and that one is almost always at the bottom, and I don't understand. What? What? It is so good. It is so, it's like actually maybe my favorite. (laughs) Why don't people have taste? (laughs) (laughs) I think it's very interesting how the theme song shows all the characters and then shows all the characters dead as well from different like causes of death so i just want to touch on something with like the the medium of anime and like why the story is in the anime in an anime form instead of like a game and kadaka has said that he felt that the stories he wanted to tell with like these specific characters lent itself better to anime than a game um which i think is very very interesting considering like a big conversation with like I know this specifically in the musical theater m- becoming a movie area of expertise, but like 
the media medium versus the message like how the medium changes the message that's trying to get across so like for example a lot of musical movie adaptations are not that good because they're trying to take like the lame is movie for example is trying to take something that is like on this gigantic scale that is basically an opera and is super heightened you're supposed to play to the cheap seats and make it this like gritty like realistic thing in the french revolution which you know whether you like the movie or not that's your own you know opinion but the medium of the film inherently changed the message that the musical is trying to tell because it made it more gritty it makes it more personal and real rather than like these people like singing really big in the on the stage um you know so that's like an example of that and then you know if we're talking about like visual novel versus anime like you know the three of us were already saying like we don't have as much to chat about with like each episode of, of the anime because like you know if you're comparing four hours per chapter of the visual novel game and 40 minutes of two episodes of the anime like there's not going to be as much to talk about because the novels are, are able to go deeper than the books and so I don't know what Kanaka meant specifically by like the anime being a better medium for the message he's trying to tell, but it makes me think that maybe like he didn't want us to get attached to the characters that we meet in this. You know, he didn't want it to be that because half the characters we already know, and then the other half are people that we don't know and honestly probably aren't supposed to know that well because what really matters is like the themes more so than the people themselves and it doesn't mean we can't care about the, the characters but we definitely don't get to know them as well i think uh yes i definitely agree with that and i also think part of the like anime aspect of it that works better than a visual novel is that there are so many different like in a similar vein there are so many different characters and like kind of personal arcs and smaller things that are going on i don't know how you'd work that into like a visual novel with a single protagonist because like in the future episode or whatever we see Makoto, he's obviously our pro tag, but then there's also things going on um, with Chisa and Munakata, like behind the scenes, quote unquote. Um, and so I think something like that might not work in a, as much in a game format, because there's just a lot going on. Yeah. And then the other thing about doing uh, an anime versus a game is that, which is kind of like what you were saying, Caroline, is that everyone will play the exact same game if you will when watching an anime whereas if you are to play a game everyone's experience is a lot different because in the first two Danganronpa games you play different free times you connect with different characters and so adding on to that of just like him maybe not wanting you to get super close to any of the characters you're not given the option you will get close to whoever he deems you will get close to and like I don't know it's it's definitely an interesting way to view it that's really true I have a list of all of the characters we meet, but I have nothing really to say about much of them because we don't really meet them. You right. Know? right. I, I actually have a web page pulled up with their their picture next to their name because I truly, I, I could not tell you one name of a character that we had not met previously from the first time I watched this, which might speak to like part of like, like maybe th that's intentional that these people aren't as memorable. I don't know. We, and we can deconstruct that, but yeah, definitely a hard time. I remember Chisa, but that's it. Yeah, yeah. I was kind of confused about the talents in the group that we meet, because at first it's like you've got the director, uh, former director of Hope's Peak High School, you've got the uh, Hope's Peak High School scout, you've got a pharmacist and like a housekeeper, a student council president, all very much people that you could explain being in 
a staff meeting, you know, trying to save the world. And then it's like, but we've also got a confectioner, a farmer, like, (laughs) I don't know. (laughs) I just, I was curious, like, um, how that group came to be, like how they are the ones who are left to try and save the world. Yeah, Yeah, that's a good question. I mean, we see that, like, th- these are all the he- members, directors of Future Foundation. I think that's early on established. And so, like, who knows why the h- super high school of a level boxer decided to become a member of the Future Foundation. But, like, I think that is the common thing bringing them together. But I also think it's interesting that we kind of see right off the bat how different, like, the different leadership styles and all of these people who I I kind of assumed that they were like heads of their own future foundation division or or like in high leadership positions and we're seeing already like how differently people view the the battle that they're all fighting together which I think is very interesting because you know in, in the second game we view for future foundation as like this you these superheroes who swoop in they're the people we knew from the last game and then this it's like oh but like all you know corporation corporations are like groups are are corrupt or are like th- there are different things going on it's not all pure and, and hopeful like our sweet boy makoto um. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah i actually do have a note about that so it's very interesting to me seeing that this council is made up of all ultimates or former ultimates or scouts for ultimates um, and if you think about who they are in conflict with, it is also a group of ultimates, you know, be it the Warriors of Hope or the kids that we had in Danganronpa 2. And, you know, we have conflict with the other people in the world who aren't ultimates. They're they're dying, stuff like that. But it's really ultimates versus ultimates. And it's kind of interesting because it's like, like, I'm not saying that the ultimates are a problem, but they treat it very much so like it's not their problem you know like it's like oh like we're ultimates you know we should be seen at a different level when all of the conflict began within the ultimates themselves you know i don't know i don't know if that like actually made sense there but it's just interesting to me where people take responsibility for their actions and where they don't and like why isn't why aren't there people who aren't ultimates on this panel are like why can't people who don't have a talent help fix the problem of murder when they are the ones being murdered so often. Well, perhaps it's since the problem was created by ultimates, it can only be solved by ultimates. Like we don't know. And we'll find out obviously as we go along through the anime, but it could be like that kind of thing. I think if I was a a talentless person, I would be very frustrated to not have a voice in that situation. I think it is kind of just like connects back to the so these people they all have their like future foundation but they all have uh their roots at Hope's Peak Academy as well like they all kind of originated there and so I think that is just like a an extension of the the Hope's Peak Academy obsession with the ultimate ideal and like the kind of idea that that is a, like ultimate talent is the only thing that can save the world. I I have one very random note um and it is that well i was gonna say i would die for great gozu but um (laughs) i think i think great gozu would die for me first real talk because he just seems he seems like a real g and uh that's all i want to say you know one of my my next note was also about a character which is um well first of all yes maddie legendary also so so seiko the the woman with the mask I remember being my favorite out of this group 
like the first time I watched it, she was my favorite character. And I just want to comment on the fact that she is voiced by Aaron Fitzgerald and Amanda Sleen Miller. <laughs> what? Which I what? I didn't know that until I was like looking into like that literally the list of people I have up it says they're voice actors and I was like you are freaking kidding me. Like what are the odds that like literally that they oh that anyway. Yeah, that was really wild. I have one more voice actor thing which is um I think it's really funny that the actor who plays Yasuhiro in the anime in both animes are uh, is Christopher Bevins, but Kaiji Tang, who voiced Yasuhiro in the game, voices Koichi. Oh, no kidding! Yeah, which I think is really funny. That like, like why? And then this is also in the despair arc too. I had the question of like half of the the. Um, Hope's Peak kids in that class are voiced by their voice actors from the game, and half of them aren't. Um, I really like the friendship we see starting to form between Kyoko and Hina. Yeah. I will say. Girl power. I'm here for it. Love them. Kind of in a similar vein, speaking of Hina and Kyoko, who go with Makoto to the place um, where Makoto is then arrested on suspicion of treason, why did they only arrest Makoto? Like, Kyoko literally says, like, she's his boss. And, like, Hina is, like, working with him. Like, they're all, like, kind of coming from the exact same place. Like, they all, like, I, I'm not exactly sure why it was only Makoto that they went after. I, I do want to say, uh, Makoto, I like him slightly better in the anime. Like, yeah. this much better. He definitely, like, gets, grows a, a pair, and he's a little... No, that's not true. He grew a pair last time. But you know what I mean. Like, he... He has more of a voice. Right, yeah. right. He's yeah, confident. I completely agree. He's, yeah. like, more confident. Yeah. Um, Speaking of confidence, I am a huge fan of Munakata. Um, that's a fun tidbit for our listeners. I'm a really big fan of him. I feel like if he were to just relax, he would be one of the most enjoyable people to sit down with, have a cup of coffee. And um, I just love the way that he like strides into the room and he like stands on the table. He does he does not walk around the table. No, no. He uses a rolly chair, somehow doesn't let it slip underneath him and like just struts down the runway. Oh, Munakata. Yeah, I had great first impression from him. He seems like a bad leader, but a great friend, if you know what I mean. That is hilarious because I am not a fan I will say from the start (laughs) I don't like him I didn't have a good impression of him he seems like a Marin you're gonna hate me for saying this I won't he he seems like a very like almost like a Byakuya kind of character but like very watered down and very like not interesting to me (laughs) oh I agree (laughs) yeah this guy feels less developed to me and so that's why I'm I'm probably not going to be as ride or die for him as I am for Byakuya, for example. Understood. Um, but yeah. Also, I cannot stand Bandai. That, to me, Bandai is the character who I thought was not developed because they kind of do something strange with their voice where it's like, clearly the voice doesn't match the appearance necessarily. But then they only half explain it. Like the characters in the anime make a joke about it. Bandai is like, ha ha ha, I'm working on it or something weird. And it's like, what does that mean? <laughs> like, I don't know. It just feels like it wasn't completely thought through. And so yeah. I, I'm also 
Yeah. I will say, though, Bandai has some great references. At one point, they say, I'll bet dolphins and deer live together inside the pine trees. And everyone's like, what are you talking about? Like, what does that mean? And I looked it up to see if it actually meant something. And it turns out it does. It, it, I just looked it up. He, him is what they use on the Rumble wiki. So, Oh, lit. Okay, cool. So... He says that quote after discussing that the building is like hidden by the ocean and like no one's going to find them there. It's all going to be great. Um, And the reference is to the fact that fossils indicate that the missing evolutionary link between whales and dolphins and land animals is an odd animal that looks like a long tailed deer. And it's just kind of an interesting foreshadow potentially to the killing game being like in this building that's surrounded by sea versus the killing game that was on land, you know, kind of a, a flip. And just because because Tangan thinks that they're safe because they're, you know, in the middle of nowhere on the ocean. It's not necessarily keeping them safe. Yeah, well, like, I mean, Jabberwock Island, too, was an island. And, you know, that killing game happened there. But then we found out that it wasn't actually a physical, real island. Um, I don't know. Yep, this interesting You're never stuff. safe. Never, The odds anywhere. of you getting killed by a horse in a stairwell are low, but never, never zero. <laughs> I just started thinking of the Wizards of Waverly Place theme song, like, everything is not what it seems to me. Maddie, did you not watch Wizards of Waverly Place? I did, but I don't remember the theme song, like, by heart. Maddie. <laughs> just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> Are you interested in learning more about Cheese's death? There is an ultimate nurse file out now that goes all in depth on how Cheese and other people in this anime die. That's not a spoiler because I didn't say who, but we hope you check it out. It is a minimum of $2 per month to get access to that video and others from the ultimate literary girl, ultimate psychologist, some of us three, and just so much awesome content. And we can't wait to see what you think of it. You can follow us on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, Amino, Twitch all over. We are Ultra Hope Girls Podcast, and we can't wait to hear from you. And if you have any questions, you can ask them on anchor.fm for the chance to be featured in a future episode. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello, everybody. Caroline here with a pretty exciting announcement. So I, separate from the other Ultra Hope girls, am offering some online virtual classes in things such as writing, because, you know, I'm the ultimate literary girl, and performing, and also some clubs and classes virtually via my own school, which I founded, called The Spilling Ink School. You can check that out at thespillinginkschool.com. I'm offering tutoring and college essays. I'm offering, you know, piano classes and all that jazz. So definitely check it out. It's a good time. And I will also be offering some clubs and classes that are Danganronpa related via OutSchool. So I'll keep the links all in the description. They are for people under 18, so ask your parents before checking it out. But yeah, I'm excited to potentially have some listeners in my classes, and I wanted to let you know that that's going on. So thanks so much in advance for checking it out, and I look forward to teaching some of you. Mm-hmm.
So one thing I thought was really interesting about this beginning of, you know, this anime is, so in Trigger Happy Havoc, we have the case where Leon, you know, throws Yasuhiro's crystal ball at the thing and it shatters on the ground. And then we obviously have Yasuhiro breaking his own crystal ball outside. Also, I just have to say, I know a lot of people hate Yasuhiro in this series. I think he's such an icon um, in this <laughs> series, personally, but you know, that's just me. Um, but he breaks his crystal ball. And I, I think that this is almost a symbolic representation of like any sight of what the future could possibly be totally going down the drain for the rest of the of, of the known series. Because like, that's literally what it represents in Trigger Happy Havoc. And in this one, you know, we don't know what's going to happen. And so, yeah, yeah. I that was kind of some cool symbolism. Yeah. He literally <laughs> says, like, what is in Makoto's future? And then it breaks. Like, that's so real. What? Yeah. Oh, yeah. wow. That's great. Wow. Oh my, my my last note about this episode is actually about Yasuhiro. And it's just um, the fact that, like, I don't know what to think about his new look. It's But he's just iconic. He's absolutely iconic. However, I will say... Um, obviously this is the first episode we haven't seen that much so I don't know how the rest is going to pan out but as of right now it kind of feels like he's just kind of there for comic relief and nothing else and I almost kind of wish that maybe they'd involved him a little bit more like if he had been in with like Makoto and Kyoko and Hina like how would that have gone you know what I mean I can't help but but wonder it'll be interesting to see I think in the next few episodes to see if he like has any role or if because he's outside they were like all right we included him for one episode no one can get mad at us like <laughs> we'll move on right. <laughs> yeah yeah and we have yet to see if Byakuya and Toko will be involved at all because they are the only two that have not shown up out of those six survivors yeah well they're not in the credits I personally did not expect Chisa to die um in this first episode like I remember watching it and just thinking like oh they're setting up this like clearly strong relationship between her and Munakata and I was like we got to learn more about Munakata you know he's my best friend <laughs> okay I'll stop <laughs> but I I really didn't expect her to die I was kind of shook and she almost seemed like a little bit more of the audience type character within the future arc being that they're all having this meeting and every once in a while she like kind of turns around and listens and it's like maybe like not sure about what's going on there or something we know that she's like listening for some reason and the fact that that character like the us in that scenario or what felt like the us to me in that scenario died I, I don't know I wasn't expecting it I was curious if you if you guys did well, um, because I accidentally watched the despair art first, <laughs> <laughs> which was really funny when it came to the ending, but we will get there. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I I can't really speak to that. I actually wasn't that surprised. Maybe there was foreshadowing of it, or maybe it was just like, I just kind of accepted it when it happened. but. I, I definitely didn't feel that much shock. I, I kind of was like, okay, that makes sense. Because Munakata seems like this very, very important character. And he seems like, you know, maybe he has this thing going with, with Chisa. And so I thought like, okay, yeah, this will be interesting to see how this plays out. Like now that Chisa's dead, like how he responds to that and how that might drive his 
motivations through the rest of the show. Honestly, yeah, that leads right into my last note because I was surprised by it, but honestly, it to me was the best way for Monokuma to propel a um, a killing game because I was looking at the characters before any killing game was announced, and I was like, there's probably a murder aspect to this anime, lol, it's Danganronpa, but these people are all supposed to be on the same side, and so I was like, I don't foresee how this could you know, lead to anything like that, but someone killed the one character that would make Munakata even more suspicious of the three who just entered. And I, yeah, I thought it was a genius, genius move. I, I guess my last note kind of ties into Chisa's death as well, which is unlike the two games previous and the anime, the blood is red uh, in yeah. this, which I have to say, I was not very much looking forward to rewatching the anime because there were a lot of parts in the anime that really disturbed me. And I think it had a lot to do with that simple stylistic choice, which I don't know why they made that choice. And I'm curious, I might do some research before next episode as to why that is, because it makes it more real. It feels more realistic. Yeah, it just feels like this half of the anime is a lot darker, which I think leads really well into the despair arc if we right want to head into that like the juxtaposition of like like you said the red blood the dark side like everything into like what maddie was talking about earlier the joyful seeing these characters we love in a peaceful like happy situation like crazy difference yes absolutely and one of my notes is the fact that there it's like it feels very ironic because the despair arc has far less despair right now than the future arc does. I thought it was really cool the way they opened this episode, like right after the the future arc one with like Chisa watching her own death, because it makes you wonder like, uh, what is going on there? Why is she watching herself die? What is happening? And I thought it was a cool thing that they did with the, like putting the, the seasons next to each other. Yeah, true. I, I really liked, you know... So obviously we don't literally know why she's watching herself yet. I actually don't remember. So that's probably really helpful. But it was actually kind of neat how they opened up on her like being like, well, there we go. I am dead. And that is a narrative device. It has a name. It's called posthumous characters, which are characters who are sort of how we view the story who have already died. And usually it's them like retelling flashbacks or like parts of their life, which as we see, we're kind of seeing a flashback, you know, pre-future arc in the despair arc. And it's narrated by Chisa herself, which is interesting. You know, whether she's actually dead or not, we do not know. And this right off the bat kind of gives the feel of like a ghost telling the story and it, it it leaves that eerie feel over this seemingly slice of life wholesome you know the 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 gang's all here and back together again you know yeah and it, it gives us the impression that we know how this is going to end but we don't know how it's going to get there yeah i think she's the perfect character to have done this with because like like i was saying about the future arc she sees a lot and it seems like she's looking at this whole scenario future and despair arc in a similar vein to us that was very much the feeling I got and so for her to say she has a line where she says I saw a lot of important moments go down like the maid in some murder mystery well one she is a maid in a murder mystery but two she is the character who almost seems omniscient and so the fact that she's still around observing things after her death fit very well and it was it was believable to me like I I understood it 
Um, my next note <laughs> is um, just the, you know, this episode gives us like a real showcase of like each uh, each character's personality coming in. I mean, we already know them. We know and love these characters, but like they each get their moment to shine, you know, as they're getting rallied and to come into class. And that was iconic. <laughs> and related to that, I, I, we haven't seen a lot of her yet, but I really like Mahiru's character a lot better in the anime than in the game. Yeah, a hundred percent. I thought that the characters who were in the classroom were just about exactly who I'd expect to be there without any rounding up. Like, Mahiru is like a normal kid. Like, of course, she's going to go to class. Like, Hiyoko likes Mahiru. Of course, she's going to be there. Fuyuhiko, I feel like, would get a lot of, like, flack from his parents if he didn't show up and get an education. So completely understood that. And Mikan would not have the confidence to skip class. So... (laughs) It was just like, I got it. I was like, you made good decisions here. Yeah, and Sonia too. Like, right. yeah, yeah. student, she wouldn't miss at all. I was a little surprised that Fuyuhiko was there, honestly. And then I was also thinking, if Fuyuhiko's there, why isn't Pekko there with him? True. She's training. Right, she has to protect her young master. I love Pekko in this anime. Her voice actress is like, oh my gosh, I love her so much. That scene with the bamboo sword... And it just like, like she like goes to attack. I was like, oh, wow. yeah, we finally get to see some of her just like badassery with that sword. Like, just so good. I love her. I feel like this feels like a fan fiction. You know, this first episode, like, because it's like, who showed up to class first? Oh, okay. We have to go get everybody. What, how, like, how are we going to find everyone? Oh, Nekumaru just like farted so much that it blew down a forest of trees. Like, of course he did. Jurassic you know? Park. Sure. Jurassic bleep. <laughs> <laughs> that is the best line to ever be written in any form of media ever. ever. Period. <laughs> that, yes. And I completely agree. It does feel like a fan fiction. I was trying to put words to something that I felt about like, oh, this like cute, happy, like everyone's back together. Like this, fe- it absolutely feels like a fan fiction. 100%. That's a perfect way to describe that. Yeah. The other thing I wanted to say is I absolutely love Nagito in the Danganronpa 3 anime. Like, I have never loved him more. He, oh my gosh, with the soda stacked around his desk, and she's just like, you're a rotten orange. And he's like, I do that. Like, (laughs) I just... (laughs) Exactly, that's kind of energy he has. Exactly. (laughs) I just, A, 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 A tiered s tier whatever's higher than s yeah so i was curious as to what your you guys's thoughts are on the fact that chiaki is real not gonna lie i love chiaki she's my girl she's Marin's girl really is what i should say i do love chiaki however i have mixed feelings a little bit about her the decision that they made to make her actually real and not just like a totally invented virtual person clearly she you know, real Chiaki does exist at this point in time in this series. And I, part of me feels like, you know, going back to the kind of idea of like, oh, this feels like a fan fiction. It does. And and I feel like a little bit of like making her into a real person might've been like, you know, trying to cater to the fans in the way that fan fiction does. But cause like, part of me feels like a lot of the strength in Chiaki's message at the end of the second game is a little bit undermined by the revelation that she's actually real because of like 
the whole idea was that they were going to forget about her and like, you know, did she actually make a difference even though she's not real and like grappling with those questions and whatnot. And now it's like, surprise, she actually is real. Like, don't worry about that or whatever. Maybe not. Don't worry about it. But I felt like it was just a little bit undermined. I don't necessarily agree, but I'm curious to see how, you know, AI Chiaki and this Chiaki that we meet parallel and as we get further into the game and what that might mean for AI Chiaki and how we view her. Yeah, no, I completely agree. And I think it actually opened up questions to me that I really enjoyed wondering about, which is that why, if if Chiaki is a real person, why wasn't real Chiaki in the game? You know, is Chiaki yep. evil? Is Chiaki like... You know, like, I, I don't think we have that explanation. And so I loved it because I, I love Chiaki. And I was like, what is this new layer to the person who already has the best layers? <laughs> <laughs> okay, interesting. Interesting yeah. question. Also, I just love Chiaki content. I actually wrote on here the Beyonce meme. You know, the one where it's like the woman like, Beyonce? <laughs> like that. I felt Chiaki? <laughs> oh and how we find her and how she like walks into hajime oh my oh it was so cute that was that is the meat cute that i want with someone (laughs) like (laughs) (laughs) all right so my last note is that we see a picture of kiyosuke uh chisa and juzo when they are all when they attended hope's peak academy you see that picture of them and aesthetically they all kind of reminded me of the promised neverland kids do you know what i mean oh i totally do that's so real yeah, like the, oh, true. Um, but it's kind of like the bright, bubbly girl, like the blonde, perfect, like can't make mistakes type guy. And then the little bit more dark, rough and tough pal. Like, I don't know. I, I really liked that kind of kind of combo. I wonder if that's a common anime, like symbology or like, tr- yeah. I don't know. I don't actually know. But if that's like a common pattern. Also, that would make a really funny tweet. Like, remember these kids? This are them. This are them now. (laughs) This This am them. That's good. (laughs) All right, everyone. For amended wed bed behead today, we're going to be going through Chiza, Makoto, and Yasuhiro, and their prompts are: give you a tattoo, sing the kids' bop version of "Time of Your Life," and lastly, they'll make you a Spotify playlist, and that is the only music that you will be able to listen to. You really heighten the stakes for that last one. Oh, yeah, <laughs> I just I just threw out the idea of like, oh, you have to listen to like an hour of the music that they like. But like, if it's that's a lifelong like music, commitment. <laughs> that's the only music you can listen to for the rest of your life. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. That's a that's a much more intense. This is a really hard one, actually. <laughs> I think I know my answers. So I would have Yasuhiro make me a Spotify playlist because he would be able to predict what I need to be listening to, you know, like even if he didn't mean to, he would hit me with the tunes that just made me feel what I wanted to feel. So genius. Thank you. Thank you. Um, I would have Makoto give me a tattoo because I think that Makoto would be really nervous and he would put like one dot of ink down and then pass out or something and it would count, but I wouldn't have anything terrifying. Um, um, or anything to commit to, if you know what I mean. <laughs> and then I would have Chiza sing the kids' bop version of Time of Your Life with me because she seems very strong. And I have a feeling that she could do the lift at the end of Time <gasps> of Your Life. And oh. it would just be um, everything I need. Marion, that, that, that is a factor I had not even considered. 
the music video is included with singing the kids bop right, uh, right. version yeah yeah yeah. oh mm-hmm. uh, okay interesting <laughs> marin is so just raising funny. the stakes for all of this I mean, yeah they, these are like i have mine I, i'm ready i'm ready okay I would have Yasuhiro Hagakure give me a tattoo because I think stylistically he would come up with a really, really cool design. That's so uh, true. That I would really like. Yeah, because he has great handwriting. That's like a literal plot point of a case. <laughs> and like, true. <laughs> you know, and, and he, yeah, he, he's a, you know, I think we, we could come up with some cool symbolism and stuff together because, he you know, he does fortune telling and, the, you know, there's a lot of symbolism in that and, you know. Cool, cool stuff. I would want Chisa to make me a Spotify playlist because I think out of all of the options, she and I would probably have the most similar taste in music, which is musical theater, 2010s female pop, like Katy Perry, Lady Gaga, Beyonce, yes. Rihanna, and then like some Ariana Grande from later in there. Um, so that's why I'd have her pick you know i think she has a, div- a diverse music taste yes and then i would um sing oh god no why did i do this to myself <laughs> yeah. oh my god oh, okay i would sing the kids bot cover have time of my life with makoto nyagi <laughs> <laughs> because he is probably a good singer and he you know, you could probably carry a tune. I really set myself up for that. Your true feelings shining through. No. <laughs> just kidding. <laughs> but yeah, I just, I was, I was kind of thinking, you know, that'd be fun. You know, two bros. I feel like he would in make a hot it fun. Tub. And it's only, what, three minutes-ish? Exactly. And then I never have to see him again. I don't have to sit through his useless prattling through four hours of getting a tattoo. And I don't have to listen to his stupid music, which is definitely stupid. What kind of music do you think he listens to? Well, I, I don't I don't really dislike any kind of music. Honestly, like I'm not a huge country fan, so he probably listens to country. <laughs> Just kidding. But there's even country music that I like, so that's not even like I win Right, Maddie? Yeah. We got a confirmation. Because here's the thing, she definitely listens to like Carrie Underwood. And I love Carrie Underwood. Oh, yes. But, like, Makoto probably listens to, like, I don't know, Kenny Chesney. <laughs> Baby, lock them doors and That's turn the light. That's not even Kenny Chesney. I know, but it came into my head. <laughs> Kenny Chesney is, she thinks my tractor's sexy. <laughs> <laughs> really turns her on. <laughs> yeah, that's why I don't like country music. Because <laughs> that song is so stupid. <laughs> hey. She thinks my tractor is sexy. Is sexy. Okay. <laughs> All right. All right, Maddie. So I would, <laughs> I actually, I have different answers from both of you. Um, I think I would have Yasuhiro make me the Spotify playlist or whatever, because Marin, genius, I agree with you. He'd be able to see the future and just know like what I need to listen to. I would have Chisa give me a tattoo because, you know, I could request something just kind of small and basic, but I feel like, you know, she's like a, what is she, former ultimate housekeeper or something. And she's like very caring and very like good with people, it seems. And so I think that she, you know, would not do a horrible job of that. Um, I don't know what her artistic skills are like, but like I said, it could be something like some some basic kind of little thing. And then I would perform the kids bop version of uh time of my life with makoto because maybe he does have some musical talent i don't know like i think 
I think that he um would get really into it and just like it would just be fun and and silly now you know he would have to take it up the octave though yes he now would I... <laughs> he's a tenor one and i owe it all to you <laughs> all right so that concludes our episode today um as always thank you for listening we are so excited to be diving into the Rampa 3 anime with you all. As always, if you have thoughts or questions or anything, or you want a chance to be featured on our podcast with your voice, feel free to leave us a voice message at anchor.fm. Don't forget to follow us on social media. We are pretty much everywhere, Ultra Hope Girls podcast. We are on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram. If you are interested in bonus content from the Ultra Hope Girls, including bonus episodes in the off weeks where we do not post an episode of our podcast consider becoming a patron the lowest tier is only two dollars a month and you get access to all of those bonus episodes with that and we will see you next time bye bye Bye.